This podcast is proudly sponsored by Simmental Australia. The versatility and strength in both maternal and terminal trays should make Simmental's your first choice crossbreeding partner. So isn't it time you took your Simmental advantage? I'm very, very impressed the way the Sims have changed from getting that big growth animal back to a, a practical commercial animal that'll fit in every different facet of our, our, our selling. You know, you can go good vealers from those softer cattle, you can take them onto yearlings and feed them, you can take them onto 100 day cattle and put them out at about 14 months, which we used to specialise in. Welcome back to the Australian Simmental Association's Celebrating 50 Year Podcast. This week we're still out at the Sydney Royal Easter Show and we're catching up with a bloke who was just passing by. John Richard is from Casillas in New South Wales. He's certainly got a wealth of knowledge and experience behind the breed. and He's been involved with the Simmental breed since the very first semen came into Australia. Where he put, I think it was about 20 straws into his cattle down on his property in Kangaroo Valley. John talks about how he's been a big picture thinker and made sure that he's always pursued his ideas to make sure that he could turn them into a reality. Over his lifetime, he's certainly faced his fair share of adversity, but he's also been able to create opportunities off the back of it. And through determination and a love of Simmentals, he's been able to expand and continue his operation today. I feel like as I was sitting there, I was sitting in on a little bit of a history lesson as John reflected of the various ebbs and flows of agriculture in Australia over the last 50 or 60 years. Right at the end of the conversation, he says that we've got the versatility and ability back in the cattle, and that's what's making him optimistic about the future. So enjoy the chat. John, firstly, welcome. Whereabouts is home for you these days? Um, up in Castless, um, uh, Coinda, and uh, on that place we have uh, um, 300 odd breeders and uh, a feedlot. 3,000 head feedlot, which um, is not working just at the moment, but uh, we have been successfully feeding cattle for quite a number of years. I got involved in the Simmendales when I was down in Kangaroo Valley, and uh, uh, the first Simmendale uh, seamen came into Australia. And uh, when I jumped over there and got the 20 of those doses and put them into some of my cattle in Kangaroo Valley and some into uh, one, two of the dairies that I had. Uh, uh, taking or breeding calves for me and uh, we uh, didn't have the first calf in Australia because I told Dale Baker about it and he inseminated his cattle in in, in uh, Adelaide to, or in South Australia and got there a day before me but that doesn't matter, that's good um, The then we ha- were uh, resumed by the water board for the Shoalhaven scheme down there and uh, we moved up to Castless on the on the Talbrigo River um, back in uh, 1974 and uh, uh, we took that was a big bad time for cattle of course that was the cattle crash and we took our sims up there and uh, uh, together with some of the British whites that I had down there which I had from Anthony Hordens but the uh, very interesting part about that that they're the, now the speckle breed the speckle park breed um, yeah, so we took them up there and we have been breeding them up and uh, then we went commercial rather than the stud and uh, uh, we've been breeding 
with the Simmental base. Uh, we've changed a few different breeding factors being commercial and trying to soften the early ones up as they were very, very uh, big late maturing animals which wasn't ideal for, for Australian conditions. Uh, that's been really changed beautifully now and the softness of the Simmental's in the black seminars particularly is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, so that was um, that was what uh, I've been most impressed with here this year um, and, and uh, the black seminars, we've been using them for quite a few years uh, in conjunction with uh, Angus Simmental and uh, Angus and Simmental and just general uh, breeder cattle that we've been using there and we have been putting all our progeny through the feedlot and uh, selling them mainly into the the, the um, supermarkets or uh, in the 100-day job. Uh, over the years, we've been um, feeding for a few other different places. But the interesting thing about the Simmental is, is on the Simmental brochures, a lot of those cattle there that are shown on those brochures were all done in my, my place. Um, on the particular feedlot brochures out there, or particular brochures out, out there, sim beef brochures, uh, on, the, on the display are all our cattle. And I'd like to sort of show them to you later on those. Uh, even the sim bras there were on our place too. But um, yeah, so that was, um, that was where we became pretty involved in it. And it was Peter Spears came up and took the photos of those at our place. I'm not sure when it must have been. It must have been in about 1982 or something like that, 82, say to 84 maybe. And uh, um, we had won many carcass competitions there. Like like all carcass competitions, they absolutely rape the producers at the end, If you even if you win them. And uh, an interesting thing happened to us that we... One with five cattle simbras um, down at Dubbo. It came as a challenge. It's, they said to me we couldn't um, uh, win a carcass competition or win with the carcass with the, the Brahmin cross in them. And I said we could. And uh, anyway, I went down there. We won that. We offered absolutely nothing for the cattle, so I bought all the cattle back. And I said, you know, well, um, we we had five bodies. I gave one into Kula to one of the butchers and one to the other one. I sent three bodies down to Sydney. And uh, what happened, we cut them up and packaged them up and had given them to all my relations and that sort of thing. And they all commented that they couldn't buy beef like that. And I said, well, I don't know why you can't because I'm selling them every week. So the long and the short of it was we built up a, a, a business sending them down to Sydney here um, uh, with uh, by going to the bu those butchers... They gave me the names of the butchers. Let's go back and get the names of the butchers. I went around and saw them. I started up sending a few bodies down to Sydney. We built that up at one stage of about 150 bodies and then then uh, a week and then um, Mudgee closed down and that was the end. How many? 100, 150 bodies a week? Like, oh, sorry. How, how do you actually deliver on that? Oh, well, it was pretty easy. We just uh, were killing down there and they were uh, we were sending them down at that stage in in quarters um, and they were going down to the trucks and delivered in, on the, into Sydney on the, the Monday. The biggest problem with that was trying to get the 
butchers to pay the lousy bloody payers. <laughs> butchers, <laughs> we had to get we had to get um, electronic transfers on the Sunday before we deliver on Monday. Otherwise, I was just financing all the butchers down there. So we did that for, uh, for a while, and that was pretty successful. So originally, I was one of the very first that was doing electronic transfers on on money through the, in such a system there, and we had four different accounts that would give us access to every bank. You know. So that was how it went about, but it just um, it just had to fold up when, when the mudgy started to run down and went more into sheep and that sort of thing, and then it was sold to Fletcher on the promise it was going to be open as a single single um, species abattoirs, but that didn't happen, and uh, as, w- as I knew it wouldn't, and uh, yeah, so that was shut down with a council-run and the only place now where you can get uh, a kill uh, done for um, for private or private operator kills is now at Casino. It's the only one up there. So we've been doing a bit up there at Casino at different times in the last little while, and, and uh, in Varel, and uh, um, also uh, Tamworth, and and uh, some down in Wagga, and Biscone was the main one that we were going to with with uh, with Coles. Uh, Tell me, you've been uh, the first in a few different things. Is this yeah. just just you seeing an idea, a uh, big blue sky thinker, and, and chasing it, or was there uh, getting stuck with it and, and, and being not pig-headed and making sure I stuck with it and went into it? Yeah, yeah, that's the story. But we we um, initially, you might remember, we in seventy, or you wouldn't remember in oh, seventy four. Long before me, yeah, the seventy four. <laughs> there was a terrible cattle crash, and. Uh, uh, we we were only we sold most of our cattle at Kangaroo Valley, cows and calves for twenty nine dollars a head, and it would have cost us about thirty dollars a head to transport those up to Cooler anyway. So we um, yeah we uh, uh, didn't take many of them up there, but I was AIing at that time right through with the, the cattle I had up there. So we stuck with that, and uh, it did prove itself pretty well. And when you say yeah, I've tried a few things. We uh, we were actually when we went up there first in '74, we 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 um, got a uh, I'd borrowed money to buy the property, and uh, uh, the uh, the uh, we I bought all my stock on myself and financed them, and I bought I don't know how many different steers, and I think uh, I bought them owing me about 185 dollars a head, and uh, fattened them for 12 months and sold them for 55 dollars. So yeah, so that didn't work very well either. But that that was in the '74 cattle crash when the when the Japan pulled out of buying cattle from us there, and we only had a single market, which we've been guilty of doing a little bit now with 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 reference to China, etc. And uh, yeah, so then in uh, uh, we're very difficult at that situation and. Uh, um, Banker told me that I better better sell, and uh, I said no. If you, I'm not going to sell. If you, I'm going to be sold. You'll have to sell me up. And I turned on my heel and went out. That was when things went bad in '74. And then we built it up, and we paid the place off in 1984. And I borrowed a million at um, at uh, 12% to buy the neighbouring farm. Uh, within 14 months, that was 22%. So I paid more in interest for the property than I bought it for, and then I had to sell it out fairly quickly and 
get out of it and go back to the original property when then I then had a debt on too. So that was a little bit of the, you know, the problem of me going out and doing things. But anyway. How did uh, how'd you bounce back from that? She hard bloody work, mate. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Then we got uh, tied up with the feedlot and we were doing that and I had sort of 1,500 head on for Mitsubishi when they were Kalara and uh, uh, regularly feeding them and then I was doing it for, for, for Nippon for a while and then then uh, um, and I went to um, uh, Primo and all those times I had about 1,500 head on for them. Doing that, subsidising that with our own cattle which we, we had 3,000 licensed, so we could do up to about 3,000 at a time. So that's what we've basically been doing, but, uh, yeah. So I've just really uh, just about settled down now and... Uh, <laughs> Ready to uh, slow down a bit? Well, I've got to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
some influence being made that those those cattle are being fairly uh, bought by the by the processors. Yeah. Um, so that's just that's just one little thing I think. And uh, on the topic of the the cimentals, so over the yeah. oh, over the fifty years they've done a lot and you've been there oh, the, the whole way. They've, they've really changed dramatically. Um, what happened with the Simdons when they first brought them in, they were very um, European cattle and uh, they were brought in and they were very early maturing, quick, fast breeds. There was a couple of breeders got hold of them and, and changed the structure of those and made them into bigger late maturing animals that were too big for our facilities here and for our local trade and all that sort of thing. The earlier ones you could make feelers out of them, and, and uh, so. But now we've seen a big change in the simis, and you've got every colour coming through there. The blacks have really uh, softened those up. I saw the blacks in in uh, in the states back in about um, uh, oh, when was it, 80, 86, something eighty eight, yeah, something like that over there, eighty eight, and uh, they were impressive there then. Um, but they were still a little bit uh, hard muscled. We saw that in a few of the, 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 the traditional sims here at the show here, and yet we saw the very <coughs> nice soft ones in the blacks and some of the reds. And uh, the change, the traditional sim used to be a blonde animal with white on it, you know, and uh, uh, that's what we had initially with the, the Scottish breed seamen that we brought out here to Australia, and uh, and then they they were. They were uh, uh, changed over to be a sort of a plainer bodied animal. Uh, I felt the initial reason for that was that people want to put them on the Herefords and keep the, the, the type there. But they galloped ahead of the Herefords and Herefords you know, now are still a very old fashioned breed. But the, I'm very, very impressed the way the Sims have changed from getting that big grossy, gross animal back to a, a practical commercial animal that'll fit in every different facet of our, our, our selling, you know. You can grow good vealers from those softer cattle. You can take them onto yearlings and feed them. You can take them onto 100-day cattle and put them out at about 14 months, which we used to specialise in, into, into a Jap ox, which is, you know, had to be 550 live to get into that 300 dressed. And uh, that, that's, uh, that was what we did originally with all our cattle. We used to put them into that 100-day that thing and uh, um, feed them on and uh, get 300 kilos carcass. And we were averaging uh, 300 kilo carcass with our cattle out of there, our own cattle, of 14 months. So, so looking around, around the sheds, out in the ring, what's exciting you about the breed today? I think the the way they're moving forward with the, the softening the breed, uh, given that the the um, black cattle are coming in and they're very very attractive cattle, um, uh, we've been using black bulls very successfully for a while. I used to use the, I was using the Angus breed with the Charolais over it. And we put we put the black simis over them. And we got a bit of improvement on those cattle, a lot in in um, uh, weaning weights and. Uh, you know the the extra ability that you can put them into a nice um, local trade type of thing. Yeah, so that's that's what's exciting me about it. And 
and I went through all these cattle that were, so, that were shown here and I've just marked down the colours just for my own sake of seeing how it's changed and the colours of the breeding, yeah. What is it after being involved with the breed for 50 years that makes you so passionate about them? I saw them initially in England before they came out here to Australia and uh, um, I just thought they had the uh, versatility and ability to put over any of our cattle here, be they dairy breeds or be they um, the beef breeds or anything like that and produce a, uh, a, a local animal which was, which was much more needed those days when you were doing those milk feelers and they were going into all the local butcher shops where they were sort of a, a, a um, 180, 200 kilo carcass, that sort of thing. Now we've gone up in weights and we were sort of, you know, that the, the um, supermarkets are looking for, you know, 280 carcass, 260, 280 carcass. Um, not quite going into the 300 kilo carcass because that's where you go in and you do the, the boning out for the export job and that type of thing. Uh, so that's what's exciting me about the breed and what always was was the versatility of it. Um, we went through a few humps and hollows and we lost that versatility, but now we've got it back again. That's very exciting. Well, John, thanks for jumping on and having a chat. It's been a fascinating story and fascinating journey for you. Yeah, well, it's been, yeah, exciting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I haven't finished yet either. So <laughs> We'd love to know what you guys are taking from these podcasts. And so if you want to get in touch, reach out to Felicity and the team at Australian Simmentals and let us know your thoughts on the series so far. Over the coming weeks, we've got some absolute crackers that we're sitting down with. Tom Baker, Bill Cornell, Cam and Carol Emerson, as well as a few more that we're getting from our time up at the Ecker. This podcast is sponsored by Simmental Australia. Unlock the potential in your herd and take it to the next level in performance. It's time to take your Simmental advantage.